As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Okay, you guys, it is that time of the week for the reviewer of the week. And this one is from VanDP13. She says, best podcast, and then all caps and host, which I'm just going to do a nice pat on my back for that one (laughs) and say thank you. Uh, But she said, I am just entering the third trimester of my third pregnancy, and I am a self-proclaimed birth and breastfeeding nut. I found this podcast when I was about 10 weeks pregnant, and I've been binging ever since. Some episodes I eat even listen to five plus times. She is so good at giving pregnant mamas all their options and empowering them to advocate for themselves. I reached out to Stephanie on Instagram and she replied so quick and didn't give me a quote, one size fits all answer. She asked me questions so she could answer to me specifically, which I thought was amazing. I can't wait to join the birth course and have my third birth be one I'll never forget. Because of Stephanie, I'll be prepared, empowered, and ready to advocate. And so will my husband. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for leaving that review. And I really appreciate the detail. For those of you that are listening, um, I think it's probably because my Instagram is still small, like in the scheme of things. I I really do like get into my DMs and I talk to you guys one-on-one. So yes, if you find yourself with a question or something, you can email it at hello at myessentialbirth.com or you can message me directly uh, on Instagram at myessentialbirth. And I really do love connecting with you guys. Um, And then for those that are in the birth course. Um, I mean, even recently we're doing like lives and stuff so that you get that more one-on-one support with me. So if you're looking for a good birth birth course and you want to jump into that, that is a place that you can connect with me and get some of that one-on-one time too. Uh, but 
This week's episode is another birth story, and I am loving that we are just collecting more and more of them. I'm really excited about today's guest that I have with me um, because we got to kind of connect and and reach out privately, you know, a little bit before this as well. Um, but I can't wait to hear this birth story. So, Marin, will you please take a moment and introduce yourself? Hello, I am Marin, and I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, I've been on the podcast before, um, but now I can say that I'm a mom, which is super exciting. Um, I'm only I'm almost four weeks postpartum, so I'm got the hormones going. So if I start tearing, that's you know normal. Um, just really excited to talk about it. Um, I live in Kansas with my husband, uh, originally from Chicago, and I've lived in Seattle and New York, so all over the place. Um, but now we live in Kansas. We have a really cute dog, two cats, um, and our baby girl, Ensley. Um, we are super nice and gave her a difficult name that's difficult to spell um, because my name's <laughs> difficult. So I just had to share the love. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I am, you know, four weeks, like I said, tomorrow will be four weeks postpartum. So she'll be four weeks old, which time is just absolutely flying by. Um, a little more about myself. I, I love sports. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know. I, that's just something that I absolutely love. <laughs> I got really into watching football when I was in college. I'm a huge Seahawks fan, but I also go for the Chiefs because I'm, I live here and I can't not. Um, super passionate about what I do. I'm a physical therapist and that's most of what I do with my life. Um, I love wineries and breweries, all the things, <laughs> um, which has been fun to enjoy the pumpkin beer because I was really looking forward to that being pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, that, that's about it. I love to travel. I used to travel a lot, um, like out of the country and I've always lived away from my family. So just traveling to see them, uh, obviously having a kid is going to make things difficult, but we're actually making our first trip in two weeks. Um, we're going to visit my cousin who has a six month old. So really excited about that. That's awesome. And yes, I am so excited because well, and I, I just always love when moms, especially with our first babies, choose to be empowered um, or, or like even think of their options and stuff like that. I feel like because of my experience and the fact that I didn't think of those things until the very end of my first birth, it always amazes me when I have moms that are just really on top of it like that. So I, I'm really excited for that part too. But will you, will you tell me a little bit about your pregnancy and... Uh, anything that was like weird for you or abnormal or like, I want to hear like you're a pelvic floor therapist Were there specific like pelvic things that you were doing <laughs> in preparation and stuff. But like, how was your pregnancy? Tell me a little bit about that. And then we'll kind of move into your providers as well. So, okay. First of all, I, so I'm, a, I work in this field, right? So I, I see what I would say is I see the bad things, you know, I'm seeing the patients who come in with pain and you know, just difficulties or pelvic rest or just, you know, I've seen all the bad things. So I think going into pregnancy, I was nervous. I was kind of scared that I would have pubic symphysis dysfunction and I would have round ligament pain. And I always thought I knew what these things would feel like just based off of, you know, I know how muscles work and I know how the body works. And I talk about it literally all day, every day. I, number one, I feel like, and I heard this from a patient once, and so I've been using the term, I had a unicorn pregnancy. I feel like things <laughs> were pretty good. I I had my first big pain that I had was actually, and I, I have to laugh about it now, I had two of my best friends visiting when I was about 14 weeks pregnant, maybe 16 weeks, and um, we laughed one night for like 
I don't know, four hours. We were just laughing, dying laughing. And I woke up the next day with a really bad pain in my back. And it turns out a rib went out. And I, I honestly Ooh. don't think it had anything to do with the pregnancy. Obviously, my ligaments, you know, with relaxing and everything like that. But I think it was from laughing. I think it would have happened even if I wasn't pregnant. But that was super unfortunate. I went to a chiropractor who's a friend of mine. Um, the pain lasted for about a week. It was bad. And then it went away. And then I had to laugh because every time I saw my doctor, I would have a new pain. And it would last about a week and then it would go away. So I had the rib pain. I had something in the front of my abdomen when I started getting bigger. Um, I had a lot of surgeries as a baby. So I have a lot of scar tissue on my abdomen. Um, and so I think it's when I started to stretch in my ribs and my, I started getting pain there. Um, but again, went away after about a week. And then I randomly woke up with nerve pain in my heel. That was really fun and it hurt to walk. And I had one of my, <laughs> my colleagues worked on me a little and I told my doctor about it. And then about a week later, it went away. So I really feel like I, I had little things that came up, but as a pelvic floor physical therapist, of course, I, I'm not going to say I knew what to do, but I definitely, um, I think something that helped me the most during my pregnancy is that I didn't just rest. Like when something would be wrong, I wasn't like, I just need to take it easy. I need to not do anything. I kept moving. I, you know, I went to work. Um, I never exercised a ton. I did some yoga. Um, I stopped using my Peloton pretty early on. <laughs> um, but I just stayed active and I wasn't afraid to move my body. And I think that helped me a lot. Um, I definitely, I used the exercise ball pretty regularly. I sat on it watching TV all the time. I did my pelvic tilts all the time. I, I did my cat cows. Um, but I wouldn't say I was like religious about anything. Um, I just tried to not, not move. I went on, you know, we, we walk our dog twice a day. So I did that every day. There were maybe a few times because we live in the Midwest and it was really, really hot <laughs> and humid. There were a few days that I wasn't super up to it, but um, I also never really got super big. So I think that obviously helped. Um, I didn't have that issue. I never, I never had any bladder or bowel issues. <laughs> I was, I just feel super fortunate um, just because I know being in this field, like I said, we see the bad things. And so that's just kind of what I expected yeah. my pregnancy to be. And so every time I talk to patients or, you know, friends or people who have been pregnant, I just, I honestly just feel super lucky. Um, that my pregnancy went how it did. And I also, uh, I know we'll get into the providers, but I didn't have any high risk, which also made a huge difference. You know, um, the, on the only thing is because of my, um, I was born with a birth defect. And so the gestational diabetes, I had to actually do like the pinprick for two weeks, four times a day. So that wasn't mm -hmm. fun. That was the only kind of difference, I guess you would say, um, in my pregnancy. And then... Um, I did get COVID, which was obviously a damper on things. Um, and so with that, I had to have um, monthly scans, but everything looked great and I got to see her more. So I honestly can't really complain about that either. So there were a few things thrown our way, but nothing, nothing crazy. And again, I just feel really lucky. <laughs>
As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. That's awesome. I think it's really good for women to hear too, that you don't necessarily have to come upon all of the hard things during your pregnancy either. Like some women are pregnant and love being pregnant and have a great pregnancy and there's nothing to complain about. And that's great too. I loved it. Um, So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, tell me, tell me a little bit about your providers. Um, And I ask because like I said, like you were preparing earlier, even Mm -hmm. though this is your first, like you were gaining knowledge, you knew what kind of birth you wanted, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what kind of provider did that lead to for you? And did you do any like switching of providers or interviewing different providers? Or how did you pick your provider? Any information that way? Yeah. So I'm going to tell this really fast, part of it really fast, but it's how I found my provider. So um, first of all, I was referred to her just by a family friend. She had recommended the practice and said um, that the hospital that they deliver at, which is right next to the office, is one of the best in the Kansas City area. So that is what drew me to the practice. Um, and I was initially with the person she recommended, but she wasn't available on Fridays. And that was the easiest for me. Um, so I switched providers before I was pregnant um, just to find an OB in Kansas Uh based off of days because my easiest day to get to a doctor's appointment is Fridays. Anyway, so I did that. And then really long story short, um, in December, I actually ended up in the hospital um, with a bowel obstruction because it was a complication of my birth defect, which hasn't, mm-hmm. I haven't had any issues for about 30 years. So um, ended up in the mm-hmm. hospital. I was totally fine. I was there for about four days, um, pretty much just on an IV. They didn't do anything. It, it cleared up itself. But Essentially, a month, about a month in later from that, I was referred to the Mayo Clinic, and I was going to be getting surgery this spring, or last spring, I guess. Mm. Well, we'd been trying to get pregnant uh, since June before that, and we weren't, and I actually, we had, a, we had an appointment to see a fertility specialist because we hadn't gotten pregnant. They said I had PCOS, all this stuff. Well, <laughs> I had an appointment with the surgeon at the Mayo Clinic in uh, end of January, and end of February, um, we hadn't been trying anymore to get pregnant because of all this that had come up. Um, but we kind of were like, if we get pregnant, we get pregnant. It's meant to be, it had already been six months since we were trying. So we were kind of like, it is what it is. Well, went to work and I felt hungover on a Monday and I was really confused. Um, and so that night I took a pregnancy test and well, I was pregnant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and the crazy thing is about three weeks before that I had had a blood test um, to see if I was pregnant and it said I wasn't, but I technically would have been three, three to four weeks pregnant at that point. So pretty much I say this because this doctor that I started seeing had been going through that journey with me of, you know, uh, we can't get pregnant. Okay. Now I have to get surgery, all that, you know, we have to put this on hold, all that stuff. So I already felt, I already knew her. Um, so she's who I continue to see once I got pregnant. And that was a pretty crazy thing to call her and be like, guess what? I think I'm pregnant and got the, you know, blood test then. And I was six weeks pregnant. So crazy stuff. 
it, it was just, we feel so lucky because we don't think I was supposed to get pregnant at that point. You know, I had just been out of the hospital literally two weeks before. Yeah. And so we think wow. Ensley was meant to be in the world <laughs> is how we see it. Um, so anyway, yeah. so I continue to see her. Um, and about nine to 10 weeks is when I really started listening to your podcast and, and just starting to educate myself on, on birth and kind of what I wanted my pregnancy and birth to look like. Cause to be honest, other than my knowledge in pelvic floor therapy, I didn't know much <laughs> just being super candid. Um, and I, and I also got a doula. We hired a doula at that point. Um, which was kind of always my plan and my husband listened to a podcast, something about for men. And the first thing they talked about was hire a doula. And so, I love we, it. yeah, so we did that super early. She's like, you guys already found me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we hired her and, um, I start, I started not questioning my doctor, but just making sure that she was going to be the right one for me. Because at that point I knew I wanted to be unmedicated. I had some pretty strong opinions of what I wanted. Um, and at first, to be honest, I was a little hesitant and I would come home from appointments and be like, mm, I don't know if this is the best fit, but pretty much just each time I talked to her, she gave me answers that were, you know, she's an OB, so she has to answer certain ways. But at the same time, she could really see where I was coming from. Um, and seemed, she answered things well, you know, when it, when it came to, you know, me getting COVID and hearing that people were being induced, she was like, I'm not going to induce you just because you had COVID. She's like, why? There's no reason to do that. Um, and mm. she also mentioned, you know, when we started talking about like effacement and dilation, she's like, I only recommend indu inducing if your cervix seems like it would be appropriate. She's like, I'm not going to induce you otherwise. And so that, that started making me feel more comfortable um, that she wasn't just going to induce to induce. And that was a huge, huge thing for me. Um, and the only thing that at the beginning, when I mentioned going unmedicated, um, one of the first things she said to me, which obviously turned me off at first, and then I kind of just accepted it as I went and realized she was just kind of trying to tell me worst case scenario, is hmm. um, if there was a complication and I was unmedicated and they needed to do a C-section and it was at a certain point, they would potentially need to put me under. And that's just, I think, worst case scenario in any situation. Um, for any right. mother, mother. And so she told me that first, when I first said I wanted to not use an epidural, and I, I was a little turned off by that, but I, I talked about it with my doula a lot. And I think she was just trying to, I was still so early in my pregnancy, I had plenty of time to kind of prepare. And my doula was like, if there's ever a discussion of induction, we will prepare your cervix, <laughs> is kind of how she put it. She's <laughs> like, we will make sure your body is prepared. So Pretty much just every time I asked her a question, she gave me a good answer. Um, there was one time that I, I did call a birthing center here um, just based off of not even my doctor, but more so what I'd heard about the hospital, that they were very, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, not induction heavy, um, intervention heavy, very intervention heavy, and that I would be kind of in an uphill battle. And I did not want to feel like mm. that going into my birth. So we reached out to a birthing center, and then I had actually heard that that birthing center didn't have great uh, reviews and didn't have great – my doula said they didn't have great experiences there. So I let that go. Mm. I had another conversation with my doctor, and I just – I was like, you know what? We're going for it. I'm going to stick with this. Um, and that was honestly at 35 weeks is when I started questioning the hospital. Awesome. Um, yeah. So – 
it wasn't her. It had nothing to do with her. It was more about me just being worried about the hospital. Um, and she actually is a very new doctor. She was the newest in the practice. Um, and how I looked at it too was I'm a fairly new physical therapist. I've only been doing it for three years and people trust me. I get people better. And so I was like, I can't just not choose her because she's new. Um, and honestly, I think that's actually, it's helped because she's not quote unquote stuck in her ways. Um, I mm -hmm. think she's very open, uh, even though she hasn't been doing it as long. And I, I honestly wasn't someone who questioned rates with her. I didn't ask, you know, what percentage of your patients because she's so new. I didn't think it would be accurate, you know, of, of who she is as a provider. So that's not something I questioned, which, um, I don't know. I think it was fine. But th at the end of the day, she's not who delivered my baby. And that's something that, no, no. <laughs> that was something that was really big in my birth story. She's not who delivered my baby. Um, and I actually got the one woman in the practice I didn't want. <laughs> so all oh, that man. being said, all that being said, she walked into the room the day after Ensley was born and I started crying and I felt like I saw an old friend. It was like the weirdest experience, but made me really, really confident um, in my decision to have stayed with her, if that makes sense. Even though she's yeah. not the one yeah, who delivered the baby. Um, I feel really good about her helping me through pregnancy, I guess. So I love that's that. pregnancy. Um, something that you shared that I, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I was going to say something that you shared that I think is really important or that I'd like to highlight, um, is that first of all, at 35 weeks, cause there's really no time to that you can't switch a provider. You can switch a provider at any time. Mm -hmm. And I understand for people that are listening, sometimes it's like, well, my insurance doesn't, or I'm in this location where I can't like in general though, like you have the right to switch your provider at any time. So I love that you reached out and a couple things that you said, first of all, you went to a birth center and because you went to the birth center and you were able to decide that isn't for me, it solidified your decision and how you felt about where you were, which is huge. Because even if you interview another provider and don't and choose to stay and don't choose to switch, then great. You're all the more solid in how you're feeling about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other side of that was you had people to bounce that off of that had knowledge and education. In this case, your doula. Mm -hmm. She had had personal experiences there and uh, and communication and information from other people who have had the same. And I think that would be my recommendation to women that are listening right now, whether or not you choose to interview providers in or out of hospital or birth center settings. I love the idea of using other birth professionals to help you navigate that choice, whether that is a local birth doula or a local birth educator, reaching out to women uh, that have experience with those locations and with those providers is going to be huge in helping you decide what is best for you. So I wanted to highlight that because I'm like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about you switching or it's not about the birth center versus the hospital. It's about feeling really confident about where you're at, however you get there. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. And I think yeah. that comes from having the contrast, right? Like interviewing different providers, whichever way you choose to go. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. That was really awesome. Yeah. Will you tell me your birth partner how how did dad help along the way? How was he supporting you? Even as you're like, I'm going to go check out this birth center or I'm going to switch, you know, switch this up and change things here. What was it like for him? Even wanting to go on medicated, was he like, mm, hold up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my husband's an engineer. I'll start with that. He's a mechanical engineer. So he's, <laughs> he's very logical. He's very mm. smart. Um, but he's also extremely supportive and we have – you know, and I mean, of course I'm getting all teary. Um, we have a really great relationship and he, he know you know, I'm in this field. So he trusts 
He trusts me. And I was doing my education. But he also, I shared not every single episode that I would listen to, but I sent him so many podcasts. And there was sometimes that I would like read literally a headline, like not a headline, but the title of one of your podcasts or something. I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to this later today. And I would send it to him. He would listen to it before me. Like he listened to so many of the episodes and gave me his opinions about it too. He wouldn't just like listen and not say anything. He would, we would talk about it. Um, in the beginning we, I was like, okay, we're going to, you know, meditate every night and we're going to do all this stuff. And we did a few nights, but I'll say this. I'm a very awkward person when it comes to like massage and things like that. I don't like to be touched. It's weird as a physical therapist, but I don't like that. So that was, (laughs) I would say that was like the only challenging thing for us. We would just laugh and like be weird about it. So that didn't really go over super well. But other than that, he he came to almost every appointment. The only time he couldn't come was he had a meeting that was scheduled and he couldn't make it. Um, but luckily with changes in COVID policies, he was able to come to pretty much every appointment. Um, he listened to the podcast. And as soon as I told him that I thought I wanted to go unmedicated, I, I don't remember ever a time that he like questioned it. It was more of just like, oh, <laughs> okay, um, because he knows, and this is something my doula always laughed at. I always say I'm not, um, I don't have a pain tolerance. I kept saying that to her, and she keeps reminding me. She's like, are you freaking kidding me, just based off how my birth went? She's like, why did you keep saying that? And so I think that was his only fear, was like, are you going to be okay? Um, but other than that, he was. He essentially said at one point, like, whatever you want to do. He's like, I'll support you however you decide you want to deliver he never had an opinion in terms of trying to sway me one way or the other it was more of just whatever you want to do i'll help i'll support you um so that was that was pretty much it he um i think in the beginning so this is something that i loved at our at our hospital they um they referred to the partners as north siders or south siders and so they they asked my husband they're like do you think you're more of a north sider or south sider Meaning during the birth, are you going to stay up by the the mother's head or the mother's area? And he at first said a north sider. And we also said, he also at first said he didn't want to cut the umbilical cord. He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if that's something I want to do. Well, he cut it and he watched the entire thing. <laughs> he saw every, everything that happened. He was up on my head part of the time, like holding my leg, but my doula was on the other side. Um, and like, for instance, she came out with the cord wrapped around her neck and he watched them un- undo it. Like, there were a lot of things I didn't realize he was watching that he's, he's like, no, I saw the whole thing. So I think for him, That's too, awesome. who, again, as an engineer, he's not in the medical field. He doesn't like blood, you know, all of that stuff. He really, really, like, jumped into it and just, I think, got an experience out of it just as much as me, which I don't know, I think is super cool. And I think for him, it was that like is very cool. A, not, not that he needed to do it to grow up or anything like that. But I think for him, it was definitely just a learning experience and um, something I don't think he probably ever thought he was going to go through was like having someone who wanted to go unmedicated and and really felt super strongly about it. But I think it it just it's really changed his view on things, too, I think. Um and mm-hmm. he sound it's incredible how educated he sounds about birth and pregnancy and everything just going from we both don't have younger siblings we didn't grow up around babies like it's not something that we were experienced in at all um so just to yeah. just to see how much we both have changed in the last year is just insane <laughs> 
So I love that. You, yeah. you know what you talked about? You said you guys did some meditation together. Maybe that wasn't really your thing. <laughs> Massage wasn't really your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you did. You definitely had the knowledge piece, right? So you're listening to the podcast. You guys are getting educated about your decisions. I assume I'm assuming that you did your three exercises <laughs> fairly consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> you're not. Espe- okay. <laughs> I did. I did. And especially I she was breach at 28 weeks, which I know a lot can change at that point. But at 28 weeks, yeah. I got very consistent. I did a lot of inversion. I did I did all the yeah. exercises a lot. Good. I did my squats all the time. Anytime I showed my patient exercises, I would be doing my squat at work. So I definitely, there were a few things that go. I did very consistently and then a few things that I didn't. <laughs> I, I love it. And that's yeah. totally normal and totally fine. Yeah. Are there other things that stand out to you though that are like, this is the nitty gritty of how I prepared for my birth. Like mm-hmm. I did these on a daily basis or I, I spoke this way, like the kind of like the mindfulness side of things. Were there things that you were really good about or that you think really had an impact on your preparation for your birth space? <laughs> I will say um, I ate a lot of dates at the end. I know that's that's a super like tangible thing, but um, I ate a lot of dates and I was actually like almost, I was 80% effaced at like 36 and a half weeks, 37 weeks. And then I was 100% nice. effaced at 40 weeks. And so I did the dates. I did some of the red, the, the leaf tea, um, not as consistently. Um, I just, I didn't like the taste of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I did the dates a lot. So that's something that I will say I did a lot. I don't know if it actually made a difference, but for me, I'm going to say it did. Um, I did the deep squat all the time. I, I tried, I know there were times that you talked about, um, you know, trying to increase your time. I think the most I ever went was like five minutes, but I just did it all the time. Um, like we'd be sitting and playing with the dog and I would be in a squat or like I said, anytime I showed a patient an exercise or we were on the ground, I'd be in a deep squat. Um, so that one I did a lot. Like I said, I walked, I walked a lot, um, I did try the curb walking at the end because uh, I did go past my due date. I think it hurt my hip. I think I was doing it wrong or I did it too much. Aww. But um, Or I was just 40 weeks pregnant and, <laughs> and that's what was wrong. But I did do that at the end. Um, like half of our walks, I would, I would do that a little bit. Um, in terms of like mindset, there were a few times that I would kind of like have little conversations with myself. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge – how do I say it? I don't know. I'm a pretty positive person to begin with. I really like to look at the positive sides of things and not and not worry and not look at negatives or get worried. I guess I really try not to. So I think just the majority of the pregnancy, I every once in a while I would catch myself like just looking at my stomach, <laughs> like looking at my belly and just like talking to her. Um I don't know. I, think, I love that. Of course, I, <laughs> again, three and a half weeks postpartum. This is why. Um, yeah, I think I would just do that, and just like every time she kicked, I would just get so joyful, and you know, just feel very positive every time I would feel a lot of movement and things like that. So I think that was my way of doing it. Was um, just every time something went good, or like you know, an ultrasound, we would see her, and you know, they would say really good things. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty much kind of how I stayed positive. And sort of in terms of like positive affirmations and things like that, I would just um, find little, little moments in the day more so. 
I like that. Yeah. I like that because I think, yes, it should be kind of like part of your everyday. And I think when you're pregnant, right, like you're constantly thinking about that baby in there. There's no getting (laughs) it off your mind. So yeah, the perfect time is anytime. So that's awesome. Yep. Okay. Walk us through the birth from that very first contraction (laughs) all the way to giving birth to your baby. What was that like for you? How did you know you had like it was real, all of that kind of stuff? Okay. So mine, it's, it's fun. I think, I don't know. Telling the story is fun for me. I just because it's, I did so much prep, and yet I didn't know I was in labor for many, many, many hours, <laughs> just because of how <laughs> mine went. Um, so first of all, I'll say um, at my forty-week appointment, um, I asked her. I was like, okay, what's the plan? I pretty much because we had talked about how late she would let me go um, pretty early on, and she kind of said somewhere between forty-one and forty-two. So we didn't really talk about it after that. Um, and what she said to me was. We'll schedule you for your 41 week. We'll do an ultrasound. Um, if, uh, well, no, she didn't say that at first. I'm sorry. She said, we'll schedule you for your 41 week. If you still aren't in labor, we'll probably plan an induction. And I looked at her and she said, but you can say no. And I said, okay, no, I don't want to do that. She's like, okay, so here's our other option. So that's what I loved about her. She would tell me like what, what their, you know, what their policies were and what their usual protocol was. Because that's the people they're usually dealing with is people who are like, okay, yep, that's the plan. But she knew me. (laughs) She knew I wasn't going to just say, okay. Um, So she was like, so what we'll do is at 41 weeks, you'll come in, we'll do an ultrasound, make sure baby looks okay, make sure placenta is working well. um, And as long as everything looks fine, we can go into into the 40 seconds, like into the next week. And you can choose what night you want to come in for an induction as long if you don't go into labor. Um. So we essentially were kind of in our minds. I was like, I got to get this baby out. So then I was like, I'm going to eat all the dates. I'm going to do the curve walking. I did all of that stuff a lot. And at this point, I was done working. Um, I stopped working on my due date. Well, I worked on my due date. Um, and so she was like, do you want to do a membrane sweep today? And I said, no. I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I came home with kind of the mindset of, all right, let's see if baby comes out. And this is also really important to the birth story is my parents were in their RV driving at this point from Seattle to Kansas um, because they were going to come stay with us for a week. And so, uh, but we didn't know when baby was coming. So this was like a whole thing. My mom's like, well, why don't you just get induced? I'm like, because I want baby to come when baby (laughs) wants to come. She's like, but we're going to be there soon. I'm like, you'll have to find something else to do. (laughs) Um, So I came home and I was like, you know what? Maybe I will do the membrane sweep. And I that was just a personal choice. I was like, if it can help things kind of get going, it's a f- pretty natural thing for, you know, it's just kind of like a cervical check, um, which cervical checks I was super hesitant about. And I will say, I, I will happily say they were not nearly as bad as I was expecting. I was really worried about it. Um, but for me, they really weren't too bad. I only had her do one at 37 weeks and then 40 weeks. So I didn't have her do it the in-betweens. Um, the 37 was, I just want to see how it felt. <laughs> I was, I was super worried about it. Um, so that was more of like, I knew I was early enough that if I wasn't dilated or anything, I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, so that's why I did it at 37 and then we waited until 40. Um, anyways, that's so, really smart. Yeah. I feel like that's something for moms to hear too. You know, if you're curious about what it's going to feel like, just, I actually love the timing and everything that you yeah. just talked about there. It worked out. It was, it was good for me. Um, even though my husband and I both talked about, we weren't going to do it. And then I kind of was like, you know what, let's just see how it feels and it won't affect me mentally. So that worked for me. 
Um, so anyway, so I called them the next day and said, can I come in earlier than Thursday next week to do a membrane sweep? sweep? So we scheduled for Tuesday, October 4th. Um, I went in that morning, had a membrane sweep, went super easy. Uh, my husband and I went and got coffee. I came home. He had to keep working. My parents were now close to being here. Um, and I, I pumped. So that was something I did that day. Um, I used, I used the breast pump both sides about 40 minutes total. Um, I'm not given any sort of like, uh, frequency duration, but that's just what I used. Um, and that's what my lactation consultant friend said would be safe. And she kind of helped me through it. Um, started getting real crampy. And then at around five o'clock, we took our dog on a walk. And this was literally the moment my parents turned in the driveway and I got this like sharp pain in my back. And my neighbor across the street was like, you look like you're in labor, <laughs> jokingly. And I was like, I know, that was weird. That was like a sharp pain. Well, we went on the walk. We came home. Back pain was kind of increasing, but no contractions, right? Um, we came inside. You know, parents got settled, whatever. We were just hanging out, and my dad was craving pizza. And I was like, pizza is the one thing I don't want. But I gave in <laughs> because we couldn't decide on anything else. So we went out to dinner. So this was like 7.30. We went out to dinner and I sat on, you know at restaurants, those stools that have no backs and like for a short person who's 5'2", they're not ideal. Well, I sat in that mm -hmm. and I was having back pain pretty regularly. Um, and I also couldn't really focus on conversation. I really didn't want to hear anything anyone had to say. <laughs> I was not happy. I was just starting to feel more and more in pain. Um, and so we came home. I sat on the ball. And I was in more pain sitting on the ball. And we were watching a baking show. And I was like, I'm done. I'm going to bed. So about 10 o'clock, I went up to bed. And Zach did too. Um, he fell asleep. And I couldn't. So the back pain started getting more. It was coming more in waves. And I was like, oh, maybe this is labor. So I texted my doula. And I was like, all right. I'm starting to have these regular pains. Pretty much texted for two and a half hours. Zach, I let Zach, I let, I let Zach sleep because I had a feeling this was going to turn into baby coming. And I was like, I want him to get as much sleep as he can while I'm okay. Um, so at this point, everybody else in the house was asleep. I went and took a bath. Um, and that actually felt really great. That was the only time that the, I'm going to call it back pain because I did not know I was in labor yet. It was the only time the back pain kind of subsided a little. I still, it still came in these waves, but it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. And I read. I actually was reading and I was fine. So I probably went like, I had probably two contractions and they were probably about like 10 minutes apart. So I was in the bath like 20 minutes. I got out um, and then it just kind of started getting worse and worse. And at about 1230, my doula is like, you should start timing it. So I woke Zach up and she sent us an app. I can't remember the app's name, but she sent us an app. She's like, use an app and have him start timing the contractions. They were so random. And I thought my contractions were going to be like, you know, every 10 minutes, for <laughs> one minute, for an hour. I was just in this la-la land of it's going to be perfect. Mind you, I still had not felt anything in the front. My abdomen was just chilling. It was all in the back. Um, so this went on for about two and a half, three hours. Um, Zach wasn't really telling me the timing of the contractions, but I think that's because they were so random. Some lasted 10 seconds. Some lasted two minutes. Um, at about 3.30, I started noticing discharge um, more consistently. And I also had to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't go. I felt super constipated. Um, and then within about an hour, I couldn't stop going to the bathroom. Um, so it, it switched. And 
things get a little fuzzy at this point. Um, but I just remember I was in pain pretty much constant. Sitting on the ball didn't help. Nothing helped. Um, I was curled up in a ball on the couch. And at this point, I love Zach and he did everything great until this point. He had to go email his work that he wasn't going to be in the next day. And what was probably about like three minutes felt like 25 minutes or two hours that he was gone. And I was so mad. I was texting him. I'm like, come back. What are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go wake up my mom. This is ridiculous. I need you here. He came back upstairs within like a minute, but it felt like forever. Um, And at this point, I felt like I was just constantly having a contraction. And I was like, I have to pee. So I went upstairs. And at this point, my water had not broken. I did not think I had seen a mucus plug. There was nothing, no blood up to this point. Um, I went upstairs and tons of blood. And I was really scared at this point um, because I didn't know what happened. So clearly mucus plug was there and then more. Um, So this was about five o'clock. So we called my doula and we were in the bathroom. Zach was standing there. I was sitting on the toilet and we called her and I, I wasn't crying, but I was definitely like worked up. Um, And I told her what happened. And mind you, we had been texting all night. She did not sleep. I think she told me she slept 15 minutes. Um, So we'd been texting all night. And I got a contraction, well, a back pain while we were on the phone and I couldn't control my breathing. And she was like, you guys need to go to the hospital. It's time. And so Zach, we hung up, he got the hospital bags together, which were pretty much together. Um, just a few things that had to be thrown in. And finally my parents woke up, they slept through all of this and they came in and they were like, is everything okay? And we're like, Well, I don't think I talked. I think Zach was like, yeah, we're going to the hospital now. Um, She's been having contractions all night. We come downstairs and I'm like leaning on our, uh, just a cabinet that is now our diaper changing table downstairs. Um, And I, this is, my mom told me something that really stood out to her is I told her I was scared. And I didn't really remember saying that, but I think it like hit me like, holy crap, it's happening. (laughs) And my I still had not had a contraction in my stomach, like in my abdomen. And so for anyone listening, I had back labor. I had no idea what back labor really was. I had heard of it. I did not have any expectation of this. So that threw me for a complete loop. I just was, I don't know. It was, it was horrible. (laughs) It hurt a lot. And it's just not at all what I expected my labor to be. So that is why I did not think I was in labor until about five o'clock. Um, so we went to the hospital and while we were in the car, I, and the hospital's about 15 minutes away. Um, so while we were in the car, I told Zach, I was like, I still don't want an epidural. I was like, I still don't want one. And I just needed to say that. I needed to get, you know, voice it so it wasn't just with me. Um, so we get to the hospital, we walk in, and first, <laughs> the first thing I said is, do I put a mask on? And the woman just kind of looked at me and I was kind of screaming. So she just shook her head. So we checked in, they walked us up. <laughs> and so mine and my husband and doula's goal was for me to get to the hospital between six and eight centimeters. That was the goal. I was six centimeters. And so I was happy, um, but I had no idea how much was left for me. You know, I didn't know how much yeah. time was left. Sure. And I, um, I was like, do we have my birth plan? And so we pulled out my birth plan and they were like, okay, so you still want to go unmedicated? And I was like, yep. And they're like, well, you're doing a great job. You're already six centimeters. We're really proud of you. And they were so nice. And this is what I was so scared of was the nurses 
to be honest. I was so scared that they were going to just push me in to get an epidural and make me question myself. And they were just so kind. Um, the only bad thing is they took forever to get my hep lock in. <laughs> I was so dehydrated. And I'm a small person, so they had a really hard time. So I'm having these contractions. And then I said I had to go to the bathroom. And they were like, you do? And I was like, yeah, I really have to go. And they were like, number one or two. And I said, I don't know. I think two. And they were like, you're in labor. You don't have to go to the bathroom. So I was like, but I really have to push. Like, I felt that urge. And this was the first time I'd felt that. Um, so they're like, okay, we're admitting you. They, I changed, whatever. I put a gown on. I had this whole thing. I wasn't going to wear a gown. But I was like, you know what, whatever. I don't care at this point. <laughs> so I put on the gown. I put on their socks. I put on their mesh underwear. I was like, I don't care. So I go into the room and um, it was shift change. It was 6 a.m. and it was kind of shift change. So we met one nurse and she transitioned us to another. Um, and I essentially kept having to push and I kept pushing. And the nurse was like, you have to stop. You you can, um, oh, what did she say? You can swell your cervix if you keep pushing. And she kept, she was really nice about it. Um but she kept just reminding me and I was having, that was the hardest thing for me was to not push. Mm. I didn't even feel yeah. like it was a contraction that was hard anymore. It was the, the sensation and trying to not listen to my body because I wanted to push and, and Zach was doing counter pressure. That's all I wanted. I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want candles. I didn't want a bath. I didn't want anything. I just wanted counter pressure because it was all in my back. Um, so essentially I finally let her check me and I was eight centimeters. And so that had been about an hour and a half. She was like, we're going to call the doctor. And so this is where the fun comes in. She said the doctor's name, which I'm not going to say. Um, she said the doctor's name. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not who I wanted. I had seen her once in the practice and she just, we just didn't jive. Um, so anyways, mm -hmm. next thing I know it, my doula was there at about seven 30 and or maybe eight o'clock and I couldn't help but push and I just kept doing it and it was so hard not to um next thing I know it I think I blacked out doctor came in checked me and said I'm gonna break your water and I was like no I said I don't want anyone to break my waters and I was like well am I dilated she goes yeah you can start pushing and I was like oh okay <laughs> so I was like break my waters I don't care it felt good <laughs> it was so weird but it was like <laughs> I think my body just needed like a different sensation and so this was 8.05. So we got there at 6. 8.05, I started pushing. Um, the doctor kept telling me to hold my breath, and that was a whole thing. I kept saying, no, I don't want to hold my breath. She kept saying, you're making too much noise. Stop making noise. Um, she's like, I shouldn't hear anything come out of you. The other thing is she wouldn't let me push on my back, or she wouldn't let me push in all fours. That was a whole thing. Um, so I ended up pushing on my side. But she kept telling me to scooch over. And I'm like, with what strength? I, I just had no strength. Anyway, so I pushed about, I think I had like four rounds of contractions. Um, I used a mirror, which, oh my God, helped me so much. Because I could see her head and I could see her hair. And I was like, oh my God, that's a baby. So that for me, just, I'm so grateful. And I would do that in a heartbeat again. Um, and so then I saw her head and I did this crazy push and her whole body came out. Um, so it was oh, 15 wow. minutes. It was 15 minutes of pushing. And I think, so I felt the ring of fire. And I think for me, because again, I can't, I, I'm not good with pain. I don't, I don't think I'm good with pain. 
I think my body was like, we got to get this thing out. <laughs> so as soon as I yeah. felt that, she came out. Um, and that was pretty much it. She was perfect. She was healthy. Um, she had the cord wrapped around her three times, which all I could hear was one, two, wow. three. I didn't know what they were saying. Um, but she was mm -hmm. crying. So they didn't tell me until later, which I'm actually very grateful for. Um, and yeah, she, she was perfect. They put her on my chest immediately and the, her nurse, so like the pediatric nurse was amazing, um, and came over and just put her on me and she latched and breastfed for 30 minutes. And I was just like, oh my God. Um, and then <laughs> I did tear, but I think it's because she came out so fast. So I got a second degree tear. Um, I will say for anyone who wants to go unmedicated, which um, was super important to me, but I also did not want to feel stitches. Um, I got lidocaine right as I started to push. I asked her to give me lidocaine, which I think really, really helped me be able to do it. Um, because I couldn't feel the sharp pain as much. I could feel everything else, which I'm grateful for. And I had all of the urge myself to push and all of that. But it just, it took away just that edge of sharpness, which I think for me made it a much better experience. Um, and then I couldn't feel the stitches, which thank God for that. And <laughs> yeah. And then they, they gave us the golden hour that everybody left and it was just my husband and my doula and the baby and I, and we just kind of like talked about everything. And this is why I'm so glad I had no medication is because I was just completely, as soon as that ended, I was completely me again. And I never felt drowsy, anything. And I, I did ask my doula, I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know when transition happened. She goes, oh, I do. She was like, your whole demeanor <laughs> changed. And she's like, you went very quiet um, in between contractions. But she was like, there definitely was a change in your, in your mood, which I, I couldn't tell. Um, I think I was more kind of upset that I wasn't pushing how I wanted to and kind of arguing with the doctor a little bit. Um, the other thing that happened is I said I didn't want um, Pitocin after for the placenta. Um, she pulled the placenta out and then essentially not forced me to get Pitocin, but made me feel really guilty that I clotted. Coerced. Yeah. Yep. So I ended yeah. up getting the Pitocin, which I wasn't happy about, but it is what it is. I was At that point, I was just so happy that the baby was there and I was just, I was fine. Baby was fine. Um, so at that point I kind of just like let it go. Um, I was like, I had the birth that I wanted and that's all that mattered at that point. So, um, yeah, after that, um, my doula took a million photos, which, oh my God, I don't know if anyone else has a <laughs> doula, awesome. ask them to do that because I still look at those photos. They're extremely raw, extremely vulnerable. Like, oh my God, my boob is out in all the photos, but like, I, this is funny. I didn't realize my legs were up in stirrups at one point getting the stitches. I don't even remember that. And I was like, when did that happen? So it's just really cool <laughs> to look back because during that period, I blacked out. I completely blacked out. And so seeing that was just really cool. Um, and yeah, I just, I still am in shock. I think for about a week, I just couldn't believe that I, I did it. And I didn't need an epidural because that was just like the biggest fear of my life was whether I would need an epidural and just so much back and forth um and i'm just so proud <laughs> that i that i did yeah. it and that she, i mean ensley did a great job too it's also on the baby so that was it and then she was healthy and we left after a day i really wanted to get home um and so they let us leave 
let us <laughs> let us leave with some stipulations that we had to go to the doctor to check everything the next day. Um, but yeah, that was it. And healing has been, you know, up and down. I had some pressure, but I used my V2 support um, that we've talked about. Nice. And that really, yes. really helped. I will say anybody with a vaginal delivery, do, use it. Don't. I wore it under my sweatpants. No one could tell I was wearing it. And oh my God, I could walk so much more comfortably and I could walk further and all that. Um, so that helped me a ton. Other than that, I rested. My parents were in town and they were amazing. They cooked for us. I felt like I was at like a five-star hotel. It was amazing. Um, and then they That's left, awesome. which really stunk. But yeah, and I'm just enjoying mm -hmm. time with the, with the baby. Well, that's awesome. Yes, yeah. I hope you have plenty of time soaking up those newborn snuggles and yeah. reflecting on the good and, and other parts of your birth and mm -hmm. kind of working through that and hopefully looking back at it with a lot of joy. Yeah, I'm, I love to ask moms at the end of these birth stories, um, what kind of what advice do you have for other moms that are preparing? If you could put it into like one or two sentences, what would your best advice for moms be? I would say... Number one, educate yourself. I think there's so much about birth that going to your OB or whoever you see, your appointments are a few minutes. Um, you're not going to get the information from them. So educate yourself, ask questions, read, listen, talk to people. Don't be afraid to ask questions of anybody. Um, that would be number my number one is just educate yourself because then you know, you know what your birth can look like if you want it to look a certain way versus if you don't care yeah then then you know um and um educate yourself on back labor <laughs> i i think this is something i've told a lot of people i had i've had a few patients who have had it but i never really asked what it meant i thought it just meant your back hurt during labor i didn't realize you would feel it so for me i went five hours thinking i wasn't in labor which was really discouraging because I thought I was going to be dealing with this for like a day. Because my doula and I thought it was early labor. So back labor is a thing. Um, if you're having regular back pain that comes in waves, it may be labor. <laughs> That's my other piece of advice. Because it's just not something I was prepared for. I love it. Well, thank you for <laughs> taking the time to share your story. And yeah. be so vulnerable with us. And, and um, I really appreciate it. So thank of you. Of course. Thank you so much. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.